Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from our nation's capital, this is Bloomberg Sound On. We want to get people back to work. We've got to be paving the pathways. It is up to Congress to kind of set the rules of the road, but you have to wonder what Facebook's final objective is in that. Bloomberg Sound On. Politics, policy, and perspective from D.C.'s top names. If they just simply reopened the economy and returned everyone back to work, we would be, I think, in a better situation today. Washington may squander its best chance to make long overdue investments in our infrastructure. Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. Live from Washington, where the meetings roll on at the White House and on Capitol Hill today, meetings among Democrats. Still trying to figure the way on President Biden's economic agenda as the clock ticks on another deadline here, October 31. We'll talk about the family discussions underway and the potential for a deal this week, as noted by Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer this afternoon with Congressman Emanuel Cleaver, Democrat from Missouri. At the top of the program later, a view from across the aisle with Senator Rick Scott, Republican from Florida and chair of the National Republican Senatorial Committee which is raising tens of millions of dollars this year for the midterms. Sound on today even faster than usual as we plan to bring you later this hour to Beverly Hills, where Bloomberg's Carol Masser will be joined by ARK Invest CEO Kathy Wood in a special conversation at the Milken Institute for Global Conference. Things are happening again here in Washington, even as the markets are paying attention again with lawmakers all back in town now and new rounds of negotiations over the Biden economic agenda back underway. There's still no deal on a reconciliation bill, but Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer today says there is progress on reaching one. He spoke to reporters after a closed-door lunch with Senate Democrats. We had a very spirited discussion at our um, lunch, passionate, strong, and there was universal, universal agreement in that room that we have to come to an agreement, and we got to get it done and want to get it done this week. This week, you heard it. From the leader, as I read the headline on the terminal, Schumer says Democrats aim for a deal this week on Biden agenda. There it is. And Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is across the aisle watching. He sounded almost entertained when he held his weekly news briefing today. Well, we've all been uh, fascinated by the stories all of you are filing about the difficulty uh, our Democratic friends are having getting everybody in place on this reckless tax and spend proposal. The longer this lays out there, the more unpopular it becomes. Well, even as meetings continue at the White House today, as we told you what happened, President Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, holding two meetings, one earlier with progressives, one scheduled for now with moderate members in the House in hopes of finding a framework they can agree on. And that is where we pick up with Congressman Emanuel Cleaver, Democrat from Missouri, the former mayor of Kansas City. And Congressman, it's great to have you on Bloomberg Radio. Welcome. You have said that you're in the Common Sense Caucus. Is that why you're not in one of these meetings today at the White House? Well, I'm not in, 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 the, in one of the meetings because I actually believe in compromise. I think 
you know, democracy demands compromise. If we didn't have a democracy, it's a dictatorship. So, uh, you know, so I think that people are working on it. And I think for the most part, those who are doing so are uh, seriously trying to uh, agree on, on how we uh, go forward. Uh, it, it's, it's, a, it, it's a, a, a good day when we don't have to talk about process and uh, when we can talk about, you know, allowing Medicare to negotiate drug prices or uh, expanding uh, Medicare to provide vision, dental, and hearing. My father just turned 100 years old on July 16th. Uh, he's in perfect health except for his hearing. And a hearing aid would cost him, cost my dad $5,000. And so, you know, uh, you know, he outlived all of his, uh, his retirement uh, income. So the, 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 the thing is, we have not uh, done as well as we should have in, in selling the package. And I think Mitch McConnell, uh, God bless him, is, is having fun. But the truth of the matter is he's wrong when he uh, says the longer it hangs out here, the more people turn against it. Uh, I think the, 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 all parts of those uh, of the legislation uh, are uh, very, very uh, high in the polling with the country company. Yeah. And well, Democrats I do wonder talking about it. I wonder what you're hearing and, and what you're seeing, Congressman. And by the way, happy birthday to your dad. If God, if we could all say that we did something right. Do you believe Senator yeah. Schumer in that Democrats can come to an agreement this week? What's changed? What's what's it, where's the urgency coming from? I, I think the urgency is coming from the fact that. Uh, but that uh, Senator Manchin and such and Senators uh, Senator Cinema uh, both hear what Mitch McConnell is is saying. What he just said helps us. I mean, he, he essentially is saying, you know, we want the Democrats to to, to remain hostile. And I think uh, uh, many of the Democrats that I've uh, been speaking with have been saying, look, uh, you know, we are accommodating the desires. Uh, of Republicans right now by uh, engaging in, in, in these uh, uh, inter-party uh, conflicts, and so I, I think the other the other thing that 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 we need to think about is look we're we're moving into the holiday season, and the United States yeah. of America is the most unproductive spot on the planet uh, after uh, you know probably the middle of November to, to after the first of the year. So we realize that we have a short period of time to get something done. Well, how and important is it to have that self-imposed deadline that we we talk so much about these deadlines, Congressman? They come and they go. Sometimes it doesn't seem like they matter a lot, but we also have uh, uh, transportation funding running out on on October thirty first. So there is a real reason to hit that date. That's right. That is right. We have we have a number of things coming up. Uh, you know, and, and the, the debt limit is is, is being foolishly played around with politically. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we've got to have the table cleared so that we can put new items on the table that must uh, receive our attention. And, uh, and, and, and the, the, the budget or the debt ceiling is one of them. Well, you're on the House uh, Financial Services Committee, so you have a really unique view here of how this might take hold. If you hear that there's an agreement, a framework that came out of these meetings today at the White House, how quickly could your committee actually get to work to in, in writing components of this bill so you could all sit down and read it together? Oh, I think we would, uh, if we found out that they came up with an agreement tonight, uh, I, I think we'd be gathered early in the morning and, and you, you'd find people running around uh, uh, meet, meeting in, in these subcommittees in particular, like mine, but yeah. the subcommittee on, on, on uh, housing, 
which is a, had a major role, a major part of the Build Back Better, uh, and 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 uh, uh, insurance uh, matters, issues of insurance, and and with the seniors, uh, you know, the, the, uh, we we deal with almost everything that that has anything to do with finances. And you could turn uh, that bill in time for a vote, or or even, gosh, you know, a broad agreement by the end of this month. You're saying. Well, we won't have all of the details worked out by the end of the month. Uh, the, the, the departments are going to have to probably finish those. And yeah. We'll have a broad outline, and then the the, uh, uh, the, the secretary would, would get it and then uh, put all of the, the parts together uh, so that we could present it to the public and, uh, and, and a system for people coming after the money, flying for the money. Congressman Cleaver, you stood in the Oval Office uh, with President Biden. You've seen him in these conversations and seen him at work uh, with members uh, from Capitol Hill. What role is he playing? What posture is he taking with members as these meetings take place? Well, I was with the, at the very first meeting he had uh, with uh, uh, Democrats who had, had been uh, in municipal uh, government uh, and uh, Republicans, uh, uh, Mitt Romney led a delegation in. And I look. I went in. This is early on, and I thought, you know, I don't know how how much the president has, uh, you know, been briefed on housing, and and I don't know whether, you know, he's going to be conversant in this issue. Yeah. When we started that conversation, I can tell you, and I've said it uh, all over the country where I've gone to speak, that Biden was as aware of and knowledgeable about the issues around affordable housing as anybody I've ever been around. And uh, I don't know who started the rumor about he slowed down. His brain hasn't. You know, is he a listener uh, or a cajoler in these meetings? Uh, he has been both. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, he never raises his voice uh, when he disagrees. He, uh, you know, he'll say, oh, that's not, you know, the way uh, this should go. I mean, he, 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 <laughs> as, you pro- I mean, as most people probably know, he's not a nasty person by nature. Uh, and and it's difficult to dislike him anyway. Well, so, uh, well I appreciate I that you like the man personally. I just want to give you uh, just a uh, just a, a good word, Congressman, that we're going to speak next with Senator Rick Scott, a Republican, of course, from Florida, and he has very different ideas than you do about this. <laughs> I spoke with him. I spoke with him earlier today on Capitol Hill, and one of the points I want to give you a chance to give a pre-bottle. One of the points that he made was, and he says this every time we talk to him: "You pass this spending bill." This reconciliation bill happens, and it's going to cause widespread inflation. Is he wrong? He is wrong. Why is uh, he wrong? And he, he is wrong because, number one, uh, I, I think the, the inflation that we are experiencing, based on many of the economists, is due to the clogged up uh, you know, supply lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh, that's going to take us into the uh, new year. And uh, any inflation we, we, we uh, experience, any higher level of, of, of uh, inflation, is going to be due to the seasonal uh, purchasing of, of Americans. And, and the prices are, are understandably going to rise because of what's happening in, in Long Beach with ships as far away as 400 miles. So you reopen and, the supply lines and, and, and it's transitory inflation is your view. Well, yes, it is. Uh, that is exactly uh, the, the word I would use. Congressman, I do appreciate it. Congressman Emanuel Cleaver, Democrat from Missouri, the 5th Congressional District, the home district of Harry Truman. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says Democrats are working toward a deal this week, an agreement to make an agreement. The White House hosting meetings today, meantime with moderates and with progressives from the House, as the delicate dance around a possible deal continues, because not a single Republican plans to vote for President Biden's spending package here. Now, some like Senator Rick Scott of Florida, who chairs the National Republican Senatorial Committee, are going further to warn this plan will end up damaging the economy. I spoke with Senator Scott today on Capitol Hill about a range of issues, beginning with the Democrats' spending plans, which he opposes. First off, the Biden administration doesn't understand basic economics. If you look at it, excess government spending always causes inflation. Inflation hurts the poorest families in this country. I grew up in a poor family. I watched my mom. We lived in public housing. And I watched my mom struggle to put food on the table. That's what's going on all across this country right now. Food prices are up. Gas prices are up. People are having to choose. Do I fill up my car to get to work or do I feed my kids? That's what's going on in this country. I mean, the Biden administration said it was a high class problem. We're not talking about just Gucci bags going up. We're talking about milk going up, gas going up, homes going up, rent going up, reused cars going up. Everything's going up. The poorest families are getting creamed by the Biden agenda. This, this, you know, and then now he's got this vaccine mandate. My dad was a truck driver. My adopted dad was a truck driver. So they're going to tell an individual like him, you either go to work or you take a shot. Now, what if he's not comfortable taking the shot? So he just loses his job? I mean, who's do, who thinks about these policies? And by the way, if guys like my dad, the truck drivers, quit their job or lose their job, what's going to happen to the supply chain? And it's going to cause more inflation. I want to ask you about supply chains because the, the clogged supply chains are getting a lot of the blame for high prices as well. Do you support the president's effort to, to bring ports to a 24-7 schedule? Will that help to relieve some of the pressure? I support whatever we can do to get these supplies back to families, and we've got to get these prices down. When I was governor of Florida, we have 15 uh, seaports in my state. I invested $101.4 billion. One, they're good-paying jobs. Two, it will reduce the cost to get goods into the great state of Florida. So I, be I believe that we've got to invest in our ports and we've got to do this. But absolutely, we've got to do everything we can. It has to be all hands on deck. But what we need to do is we need to get guys like the Secretary of Transportation, Buttigieg, and we need the Secretary of Commerce to come to the Commerce Committee and say, what are you doing? I mean, they're acting like they're commentators. Oh, well, this is going to be a problem. Well, there's that, that's a commentator. No, you're supposed to be an action person. They're not getting anything done, and it's going to cause more and more and more inflation. It hurts our poorest families. Well, tell me more about what you would do, because we know that private enterprise runs most of this chain, right? From the ships to the ports to the warehouses, trucking and rail. How does Senator Rick Scott solve the problem? I'm a business guy, right? So what you do is you call people. You get people to sit down and say, what are the issues? And let's just one by one by one solve the issue. I mean, as an example, are we making it too difficult uh, to get truck drivers? Are we making it too difficult? Are we limiting their hours the wrong way? Talk to the people in the business. I had four hurricanes. 
Well, I was governor, four massive hurricanes. And so what I did is I sat down with each industry group and said, how do I help you get the utilities back on? How do I make sure we don't run out of gas? What do you need uh, me to do? How do I make sure your phones are gonna work? And then we just solve one thing after the other. But what the Biden administration does, they'll sit down with some bankers from New York, but they won't sit down with, with people that solve the problem. Sit down with truckers, ask them, what are we doing to you? Because they're, they're not doing anything to help truckers like my dad. They did have a pretty big meeting at the White House with FedEx, UPS, some of the big retailers. Is that a better approach? I think they ought to meet with everybody they can. But what did they do? Something come out of it? I mean, I'm a business guy. What you do, if you want to solve problems, you do something. Mm -hmm. You try. You say, okay, I'm going to try that. So what, but this, what this White House is, they'll have a nice meeting, but nothing will happen. I mean, you don't hear anything out of the Secretary of Transportation. What is he doing? Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what, is, what actions is he taking? What regulation is he waiving? What, what, How is he making it easier to get goods to market? You helped to introduce the Pay Down the Debt Act, and I was reading your op-ed on that recently. Why not use this debate over the debt ceiling that's currently being had? And we're about to have this debate all over again, even though I know Mitch McConnell says Republicans will not play a role in suspending or raising the debt ceiling. Wouldn't you seize this moment as leverage to maybe create a plan to pay down the debt like yours? Absolutely. We have got to figure out how to get our fiscal house in order. You don't get to go just borrow unbelievable amounts of money. You have to live within your means. Families have to do it across this country. We all have to do it, except for government. So we've got to say, if you care about Medicare, if you care about Social Security, then we've got to live within our means. We've got to figure out how do we live within our means so we can continue to fund those programs. Mm -hmm. If you care about a poor family and to stop the inflation, like watching, I remember my mom worried about when she would send me to the grocery store, she said, she said, Ricky, you only have this amount of food, money, you gotta look at the, all the prices. We gotta help people like that. And you don't do it by reckless spending. You don't do it by running up big deficits. Their plan right now, the Democrats' plan, will take our federal debt to $45 trillion. Who's gonna, how many people are gonna vote to raise their taxes to pay for $45 yeah. trillion dollars worth of debt? Well, They're I ask not. you that because Political parties tend to, to find religion on debt when they're in the minority, right? How do you keep that, that spirit, that message you just sent alive if Republicans retake control of the Senate? Well, first off, we're going to take control of the Senate. The, the American public is fed up with the Biden administration. When I was governor of Florida, right, I actually paid off a third of the state debt. I walked in with a $4 billion budget deficit. Right? My, the economy in Florida at the time in 2010, my elected was in shambles. The private sector added 1.7 million jobs. We cut 100 taxes and fees. We cut about 20% of the regulations in the state. We streamlined the permitting. Guess what? Jobs came back. Revenues grew. We paid down our debt. That's what we've got to do. That's what we have to do up here. I'm going to keep fighting to get people to say, one, we've got to grow this economy, and we've got to live within our means, and we've got to take care of our safety net programs so we don't have problems down the road. You're chair of the NRSC, so I'll ask you about taking over uh, the Senate. As you stare down this, uh, this path to the midterms, you're raising an enormous amount of money. I believe it was $25 million in the last quarter. You have more at this stage of the year than you did in 2019. You're leveraging the internet, it appears, in a very effective way. 56,000 new donors to the Republican Party. How are you using the internet to redefine fundraising? Well, first off, just this year, we added over 100,000 new um, uh, online or digital donors. I mean, I mean, we're doing unbelievable because people are engaged. So we're talking to them. We're letting them know what's happening up here. Uh, so we've just in the month of September, we raised $5 million just on digital 
Uh, average donation, 30 bucks. I think it was over 160,000 donations. 160,000 donations in one month. Mm. So we're just engaging with, with donors. We're trying to find new donors every month. We're growing our, our, uh, our base uh, quite a bit. And I'm traveling the country, talking to people, giving speeches around the country. People are excited about our agenda. They know that Biden's agenda is horrible. His numbers are crumbling. They know we have exciting candidates. Uh, they know that the Democrats are going to have very Bernie Sanders type primaries where the, the Bernie Sanders section of the party is going to um, push everybody way far to the, to the left, is gonna, which is going to help us because the country, they want, what do they want? They want jobs. They want a good education system for their kids. They want school choice. They want to fund the police. They don't want an open border. They don't want an, um, an Afghanistan withdrawal that is like Biden did it. So it's going to be an exciting 22. We're going to take back a big majority, I believe. I know you're not a fan of the infrastructure reconciliation plans, but if Democrats find a way to pass them, doesn't that help your chances in the midterms based on your view? Absolutely. We just finished a, um, we just finished a suburban poll of, of suburban voters. And by the way, the suburban voters are all in uh, to help Republicans take back a majority because they're tired of the Biden agenda. But we just, one of the things we asked about was this, this so-called, um, you know, I don't know what the stimulus bill is. It's like it's they say it's 3.5. It's really 5.5. Here's what people know. It's going to cost a lot of money. Their taxes are going up. As a result, it's very unpopular. People like things if they're free. But when they understand that their taxes are going to go up, they're way, 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 way. I don't want that. Even families who are making less than four hundred thousand dollars a year, they they they're being told by Democrats that they're going to get these benefits without having to see their taxes go up. That's a lie. First off, the Democrats already raised the taxes on people not making much money on the Uber drivers, DoorDash, people like that. They already did that this year in their $1.9 trillion so-called COVID bill that had nothing to do with COVID. So they've already raised taxes on the people they said they wouldn't raise taxes. If you look at all the analysis, they're gonna raise taxes on all Americans. I mean, this, your taxes, if they get this passed, your taxes are going up. How in the living, how would anybody believe their taxes are not going up when you look at the deficits we're running? I mean, I mean, you know your taxes, they're going to try to raise your taxes. They want to spend your money, the Democrats, so that's what they want to so do. So they're lying to the American people about this. Complete fabrication. I want to ask you about China, lastly, Senator. I know you're on the Armed Services Committee, and we saw a pretty scary headline with this hypersonic missile that we didn't know about as it was orbiting, apparently, now, the sc- Earth in August. Does bother you? Well, we didn't know about it. Well, it bothered a lot of people, including the administration, based on what we heard from the, from the White House. I'm just wondering, though, what your concern is in, in how we manage this and whether you would move to expeditiously approve Nick Burns as our ambassador to Beijing after his hearing this week. So first off, I'm, I'm going to support people that believe in, in what I believe in. We've got to stand up to China. First off, every American citizen has to say to themselves that, that in, and understand if you buy a product made in communist China, you're helping the Communist Party of China keep control of that country, all right? They put over a million people in prison for their religion. They stole all the basic rights from the Hong Kong citizens. They steal our jobs. They steal our technology. They're threatening Taiwan. So here's what's important to me. Stop buying products from Communist China. Let's all wake up. They're not our, they're not our friend. They've decided to be an adversary. We had a hearing at, Arm, at uh, Senate Armed Services Committee today. I brought the fact we've got to help Taiwan. Taiwan is a democracy. They're a great ally of ours. We've got to do everything we can. So one thing I ask, is this administration going to help train them so they can, they can be ready if Communist China wants to invade them? Are we going to make sure we have interoperability of our systems? And are we going to give some, the, enough uh, 
missile defense so they can create some sort of iron dome process to stop the Chinese, whether it's the hypersonic or whatever it is. We've got to help Taiwan be able to defend their democracy. Mm -hmm. Would it help to have an envoy then in Beijing? Absolutely, but let's make sure it's an envoy that understands that China is our adversary. They've decided that's not our choice. I mean, we, we Americans, we want to work with people. We want to do trade. I mean, you know, look, we're very good at that stuff. But somebody, communist China, it's communist China. They are not our friend. And so I want to have somebody in that role that's going to stand up to the Communist Party of China. Sounds like you haven't heard that name yet, though, at least in nomination. Not so far. So Nick Burns is not the man for that job. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But, but you know, we, we've got to... We, the Biden administration has got to stand up against all these atrocities. They've got to stand against Communist China and against Iran and against North Korea and, that we can't have, and against the Cuba regime and the Castro regime. We've got to stand up for what we believe in. I want you to have basic rights. I want all, everybody around the world to have basic rights. I mean, I want it for my kids and my grandkids. I want it for everybody. Well, stand up for it then. Senator Rick Scott, Republican from Florida. Many thanks for talking with us today on Bloomberg. It's great to be with you. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.